0: Golden wedding anniversaries, isn't that amazing? <laughs> hey, wow. Wow. Marvellous. Man, having said that after that, that's not. How long have we been married, Mary? <laughs> 46. 46? <laughs> ah, oh, good. <laughs> no, just check it. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Excellent. No, it doesn't actually, no. I tell you what, it's getting better every day. <laughs> yeah, of course, there are some people who have been married over 56 years and plus and all the rest of it. Oh, they make you sick. <laughs> well, I want to tell you something. This morning, I'm totally delighted to be here. And when they, uh, when they said that, uh, that Brian and Betty's... Uh, 50th was coming, and I thought, this is an opportunity to preach about marriage. And I thought, this is, this is, the only time we ever hear about marriage is basically the marriage service, and we don't, many of us get there, do we? But this, I thought, this is great. And Mary, I think it was true... That when we got married, there in July 6, 1963, we had no idea what we were getting into. And that was probably a good thing. <laughs> I was married in Morecambe in uh, July 6, 1963. Ambrose Else, who used to be a minister here, uh, married us. Wonderful. I, th- I think that, that um, that Marriage is like a, a three-ring circus. Three-ring circus. There's, there's the engagement ring, there's the marriage ring, and then there's suffering. <laughs> <laughs> we, we learnt marriage the hard way. In fact, we still do, don't we? And if some of you ever look at us and think we are the perfect couple, you've got it wrong, because we're always arguing. <laughs> and I win sometimes <laughs> I don't believe that any amount of premarital counselling can ever fully prepare people for what they're about to experience in marriage, today marriage is having a difficult time and divorce happens, and it does happen so, you know people get all, just grow up, it does happen No need to send people on guilt trips. But I do believe in marriage, and I believe it's a lifelong union of man and wife. And it's still God's way. And I still believe that it's the best way. I had a marriage up in Burnley recently, and this couple had lived together for something like 15 years. And in the service I tried to explain to them that there is a difference between living with someone and living for someone. And they liked that. And they took it on board. So when you buy your car, you get a manual with it. It's like playing with all the little tricks that are on the dashboard. You don't want that was for, you know like the lady who went out in her husband's new car and she came back and she said it's wonderful, it's absolutely wonderful and those airbags work perfectly (laughs) so let's have a delve in, have a look and just see what what there is really there, no guilt trips no guilt trips number one, I believe that marriage is a gift of God it doesn't always seem that way But it is. It's like the kids who were um, doing the story of Cinderella. And uh, the children talked together afterwards. And the teacher was listening very carefully. And uh, one of them says, I know how it ends. I know how it ends. I know how it ends. They lived happily ever after. And one of them said, no, they didn't. They got married. (laughs) Or the young priest ...who uh, was doing his first marriage service... <laughs> ...and uh, he he, uh, he was very, very frightened... ...and he always lost his way... ...and one of the older priests said, he said... ...I've learned every time that I lose my way in a service... ...I quote scripture... ...and the young priest thought, well that's a great idea... ...and so he doing his first marriage... And he got halfway through, and he realized that he'd lost his page, he'd lost everything. And he stepped back and said, Oh, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. (laughs) So listen, marriage is a challenge. You know, it's not a curse of our society. It's a challenge, and it's a great blessing. And lasting marriages are sometimes an exception. But I still believe in it. To be able to look at older people who have been married and who have built marriages, who have moved against the prevailing tide. I believe to take on secularism and boy do I take it on. Oh yeah. Show me a good secularist and I'll show you where there's a pool of blood on the floor. <laughs> you can't do a better job than... Setting out clearly what Christian marriage is about. I have a friend called Mike. I've known him for years now. I've known him since he was 14. He had two disastrous marriages, and uh, he was up in Accrington at his brother's wedding as a best man. And uh, during the service, he did his little speech, the best man speech, and he said, "I am not the best person to speak about marriage." He said, I've been married twice, but he said, don't worry, I'm looking for a woman that I just do not like, and I'm going to buy her a house. (laughs) Listen to Clint Eastwood, an amazing man. This is what he says about marriage. He said, they tell me marriages are made in heaven. So are thunder and lightning. So here we are, to try and understand a little bit. I want us to go back to the book of Genesis, to a little phrase there that has fascinated me for, for a long while now. And uh, it's, um, it's in chapter 2. And it just says, well, where would it be, about halfway through verse 20. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the, pla- the, the place with flesh. Then the Lord made woman from the rib he had taken out of man, and he brought her to the man. This now is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And they will become one. But there's this interesting little bit that takes place. Because here in the story is a picture of a man who is laboring. Laboring in the garden of Eden but a man who is lonely and there's at one point where there were some words that jumped out of the scripture that I'd never seen before you remember the creation stories he said there was light and that was good there were fish in the sea and that was good there was this And it was good. And then from nowhere, he says, but that's not good. You'll find it there, it's there. I'm not going to tell you where it is, you've got to find it. He said this is it it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good. It's not good oh wow now this is it in all the perfection of the garden in in everything that was taking place there here was a man who was lonely you wonder if Adam actually rolled the rolling stones I can't get no satisfaction lonely lonely and Eve had the answer to his loneliness. And she was she was like him. She was a counterpart. And, and he found a, an answer in this woman. This woman was an inferior being in any way. But it was an answer to loneliness. It was a woman. With whom, of course, we, we realize that he spent his days. It says that it was a helper, not a floor sweeper, not an iron board addict, not a maker of beds and a preparer of meals, while man sits in his recliner (laughs) with his remote control, flipping from one channel to the other. Now what does the word mean? The word helper means this. One who supplies what is lacking in another person. A helper is one who supplies what's lacking in another person. Here he is. He's been naming the animals. Whoo! He's got a good one going here. But God was training them to be a lover God was creating within Adam a growing hunger for a life partner a hunger only God could meet in the creation of Eve I suppose in a way giving names to the animals was like a a, a uh, uh, pre-marital counseling course for Adam he was seeing them together but he was alone No suitable helper was found. That's what it says in chapter 2 and verse 20 of the story. Until that need was met, Adam would live forever and still be lonely. Without a woman, a man has difficulty to be in love. Without a wife, he could never be a husband. Without a queen... He could never be a king. No one to talk to, no one to laugh with, no one to taste ripe strawberries with, no one to run through a field of bluebells, no one to nestle up to in an evening. There's a wonderful lady from way back when, she was called Gertrude Lawrence, and she, she sang some songs, and she was a, a great um, uh, London and Broadway star. And, and a, her lifelong friend was Noel an Coward. And she announced one day, I would like to get married one day, and you ask me why. It's because I so desperately need someone to nudge. So there's, there's the, 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 the beginning for us, the problem. He was laboring, but he was lonely. Now we come to the, the solution. A companion who completes. A companion who makes perfect. Not Adam making perfect, but making perfect community. Making perfect community. Again, he created someone which was like him, yet different. Why? So they could be in agreement. Because that's the basis, really, of understanding marriage, is coming together in agreement. But the lovely thing is, God didn't ask Adam for any input into his wife to be. No input. He didn't place an order. Do you remember that? Here it is. Oh, I just had to, uh, I just had to find it on the internet. Didn't place an order. Five foot two, eyes of blue. But oh what those five could do. Has anybody seen my girl? Turned up nose, turned down holes, never had no other bows. Has anybody seen my girl? Is that interesting? So God doesn't need our help in designing a wife suitable for us. And in verse 23, there's a little phrase. Just listen to this. Just listen to this. This is now bone of my bone and the Hebrew says this is it even before the Michael Jackson ever thought of it and coined it God had coined it this, this is it this is it before he put his eyes on the O2 arena of Michael Jackson Who was going to do that famous last concert and it was called, This Is It. And this is what the man said. This is it. Bone of my bone. Flesh of my flesh. I can't connect with the animals. I can't do it. She's not a giraffe. She's not a rabbit. She's not a porcupine. Well, I'm not, you've got to watch out what you saying there, haven't you? But boy, just wait. This is it. And there's a, a thrill there that happens. It, it's good. And they fell in love the first moment their eyes met each other. And he doesn't waste time looking around to see if he can find a better deal. He rejoices and... It wasn't made out of his head, wasn't made out of his feet, made from his side. To allow him to love her, and for her to love him. Here's an interesting thing. God was the father of the bride. Because our scripture says, God brought her to man. God brought her. I think this is this is it. This is uh, definitely the um, the daughter of the bride, uh, the the father of the bride here. It was God, and He brought her personally to Adam. Someone told me this week that this was the first arranged marriage. That's an interesting one, isn't it? And so Adam took Eve as his wife. There was a, a big huar in the garden, and they were. They were, they were told to leave. And I was always brought up that they left empty-handed. That they left everything in the garden. They didn't. It's not right. They took marriage. They took community. This special bond that people have in marriage and in Friendship. This community that we love. This community that that happens here in this church is absolutely amazing. By all rights, this church shouldn't exist. Why does it exist? Because it has created under God community. And it continues that. God was there with them and I thought that was a, a good part to hide to, to, to hanging on to the next little bit is what was the design well it was to do with the closeness and being comfortable I don't know about you folks how you doing but I, I, I believe that there is two things that are good and there is a design here of, of, of closeness and of comfortableness The way in which a man and a woman can be confident with each other. And there's that little editorial comment where he says that a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they shall be one. Listen to me. Especially you women. Are you hearing me? it's strange that it does not say to the woman leave your mother because I believe in a woman's life there is something very special relationship between daughter and child but with a man it's different you leave your father and mother and you cleave to your wife. A wife has got a special relationship. Even here in the earliest known records of the scripture, it's saying to us that a woman and her mother have a special place. A special place. So leaving. Well, it makes a break of the established home, doesn't it, when fellows leave. Cleaving means being united to his wife. It means being glued together, that nothing can force them apart. I remember once being with Bobby Ball, and we were singing away, and... uh, we we were singing some of the old songs and I started singing that uh, little song that we used to sing many years ago called Bind Us Together and I was singing away and I said, come on Bob, sing and he said uh, oh, I said uh, where do you get them words from? so I said, bind us together bind us together he said, well I've come from a a land where we sing Weld us together. Welders together. And marriage is about leaving and cleaving and being welded together. That nothing can force apart. And they become one. You don't have a better heart. I've heard people say I'm, I'm introducing you to me better half. <laughs> What's that? It's just stupid. It's, it's like some of them stupid reggae songs. It's just stupid. How can you have a better half when you're supposed to be one? You can't do it. Leaving, cleaving, and then... There is this, this word here, which is this closeness, this intimacy, where they become one flesh, they grow together. Two people, yet deep down they become one. They think as one, they act as one, and they become one. In all their relations, in sexual relations, etc., they become one, there's a, there's a transparency, There's a there's a comfortableness that's there in their lives, and they trust that they will not be let down. And that barriers won't creep up they were comfortable with each other and then the last part here is this, this this closeness and comfortableness where they were naked and not ashamed it's very uncomfortable you know when when a stranger pierces into your soul very uh, very strange because marriage is a lifelong commitment husband and wife can relax feel comfortable together to be married at 46 years did you say man 47 oh wow wow it's not you, unusual for you to miss out on the time is it there 47 years and discover new things about each other Hiya, fellas how are you doing you're all right <laughs> Do you you notice how God has a way of bringing you to church? (laughs) So how can I finish? How can I just uh, put it into a nutshell? Well, Henry Ford was an amazing man. He, He built what is called the Model T Ford. And he was asked one day to explain what he thought... The secret of a good marriage is, and I give it to you, and here it is, are you ready? A good marriage is the same formula as making a successful car stick to one model. (laughs) So if you're married this morning, take a moment to recommit yourself to your loved one. If you're married this morning and you have difficulty, well, pray for God's healing. If you are a a widow or a widower, remember those good memories that God has given to you and ask for grace for this week. If you're a single person, pray that God will come close to you and fill up the void that you need in your life. Not necessarily with a husband, but with somebody special. If you're divorced, pray that God will lead you into new paths and that you may find someone in the future to commit to. If you're a single parent, ask God to add to your family His love and His oneness. And if you're one of those people who says, I'll never get married. My advice is never say never. Mary had a bridesmaid called Elizabeth, and she was well into her 60s, and she was ready to live out her life as she'd lived those 60 years as a single person and from nowhere she found her man and Mary and I have the privilege of being at St. Helen's register office for that service and wasn't it good isn't that amazing but never say never And if you are single, I know God's been a good friend to you, and always will. I hope I've encompassed each and every aspect of community this morning. May God bless you, and watch over you.